This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Burgett. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Joining us on the telephone from the Twin Cities is the voice of the Golden Gophers and sports director at MNN, Mike Grimm. And Grimmer, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, you had the bye week uh, last week, uh, as did the Gophers, obviously. So you got out of Dodge a little bit. And, and uh, you know, you, you said you're going to travel a little, see some friends, take in a few things. How was your bye week? Yeah, it was good. I was joking with some friends that when I got back, I now need a vacation from my vacation. <laughs> right. You know, I was. Uh, we, we had a great time. Um, I think we've talked about this in the past with yeah. you. Uh, on the podcast, when the Gophers have a bye week, a friend of mine here, I live in Lakeville, a friend of mine from Lakeville, uh, we coached our kids' baseball teams together and have gotten to be really good friends, and he's a big college football and college hockey guy. Sure. And so, I don't know, I'm going to say eight or ten years now, we have, um, during the Gopher bye week, have decided to uh, go catch a different football game around the country. And, um, you know, we, we work on it. it it's it, obviously obviously you have a limited number of games because it's this Saturday. It's not like, hey, let's just pick one in September or one in November. It's like the the yeah. one Saturday is the bye week that I can get out of here. Yeah. And so we looked at the schedule and we look at it. We're already <laughs> looking ahead to next year, although that schedule's now been punted and we'll have to wait to, to really see. And so in April, actually it was in March, we started looking and, you know, there's some good games in the ACC, the SEC, and I had always kind of wanted to go out to Seattle to see the Wash- uh, Husky Stadium. They're right on the water there. Uh-huh. And I knew Washington would be pretty good. So I'm like, I wonder who they play. And then I looked, it was Oregon. And I'm like, what do you think about that? And we're like, let's do it. And as it turned out, it turned out to be the game of the weekend. And we watched it. Yeah. And um, I had not. I, I, I have cousins who live in Seattle. I hadn't been out there probably for 20 years. So it, it, it served that purpose as well. So... Uh, we got to go out on their boat on Friday. It was a little chilly, but it was fun. And then we actually took a boat. Uh, the stadium, as I mentioned, sits on the water. So we took a boat to the stadium. Uh, there's a restaurant in Seattle that um, you go uh, you, you go there, you eat breakfast at the restaurant, and then you pay money. It was 60 bucks a guy, so it was a little pricey, but it, we, it was free parking. Um, and then you get on this boat, like a little tiny, I'd call it a mini I don't know, ferry boat or maybe a crew, you know, one of those like you'd take a dinner cruise out on a lake with. So there was maybe about two or 300 Husky fans on this boat. There's a bar on the boat, and then there's some dude that's that's uh, hosting trivia while we're riding. It's like a 40-minute boat ride. It was just so cool to, to, you know, motor up to the stadium, get off on the dock, and then, you know, five minutes later you're sitting in your seat right at the stadium. Yeah. And then the game is incredible. Um, you know, these, you know, and I, I, I make this joke a little bit. I don't want to offend a lot of people, but, you know, watching Big Ten West football for, you know, 15 years and then going to watch that in person, that was like a, that was like going from, you know, uh, the modifies to the late models at the stock car track. I mean, they were up right. and down the field and fast pace and, um, it was great. It was, and, and, and you probably run into this too a little where when you're covering games, obviously it's a job and it's work and we enjoy it, but yeah. there's also, and, and I don't want to make it sound like, you know, there, there's there's work to be done, right? Yep, I mean, yep. It isn't like, you know, you or I just show up to do a game and, we, we you know, we haven't prepared throughout the week and done right. different things. 
it, it, it's really, uh, there, there's some liberty. In, <laughs> yes. just, you know what? To hell with it. I'm going to have a, a beer on the boat to the game, and I'm going to sit down and watch the game without any pressure of forgetting who made the tackle or any of that stuff. Yep. And it was awesome. So we had a good time. Uh, at that game, it turned out to be a great game. We were kind of in the end zone uh, seating area, and uh, at the end zone where the Oregon kid missed the field goal to clinch it for Washington, and um, then they rushed the field, and and it was it was fun. And then I'm going to really bore you with this one, Todd. <laughs> we then we rented a car, uh, and Sunday drove up to Vancouver. It's about a three-hour drive. Beautiful drive, by the way. This time of year, the leaves were turning. There's some there are some mountains up along there, and yep. the, the ocean. And Guns N' Roses was playing at the soccer stadium there, so we went to the Guns N' Roses concert on on Monday night, which yeah. was which was an absolute blast. Uh, we we got pretty good seats. We were kind of right down near the stage, so nice. um, at at one point we were probably. I mean, at one point we were um, you know we were, we were center stage. We got there early, and um, we were probably within twenty feet of the stage, so it was great. We had yeah. we had a really good time. And, yeah, and that's why, that's why I need a vacation from my vacation. But here we are; we got football to talk about. That's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, a wonderful trip for you. So back to work uh, this week as the Gophers get set to take on Iowa. Haven't beaten them since uh, what 2014 or so. So that would be nice. Has, has Coach Fleck beaten Iowa in his career yet? No, he is zero yeah. and seven. Um, six losses in a row here, all six years at Minnesota. He's in his seventh year. He lost to them also uh, when he was the Western Michigan coach once. Mm-hmm. So he's 0-7. Gophers have lost eight straight total going back to uh, the last uh, two years of uh, Tracy Plays and Jerry Kill. Um, and they haven't won at Iowa in Kinnick Stadium since 1999. Yeah, That's, that's, you know, that's for, what, 24 years. Um, yeah. I was actually mentioning this to somebody else today, I was actually at that game. Uh, at that time, I was working at a radio station in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is about 40 miles, 45 miles from where I grew up, my hometown in Iowa. So I worked nine years at the radio station. Part of my duties were pregame and postgame show for Iowa. And I, I, did, um, I did stats for the broadcast crew and then hosted the postgame show All right. for that game. And and I was 29 years, and actually, let me think, I was probably 20, I was either 28 or 29, I can't remember what day that fell, I think it was the last game of the year, so I was probably 20, 29 years old. I'm 52, Yeah. and they haven't won since down there. It's been a so, while. Um, it's been a while, and so I, I, as weird as it sounds, I feel good about this game for Minnesota, I really do. Um, I, I just kind of like how it sets up, on top of which just percentages and just out of just being due. You know they're due to beat them. Yeah. I mean, it isn't like Iowa's just smoked them. They had the, the they had the one big win during COVID. The COVID year, I think they won thirty five seven. The other six uh, games or seven games in this eight game losing streak have all been by single digits. Last year it was three. Um, you know, the year before that it was six. I think it was, I think it's been a six point game like four times in this thing. You know, oh, and man. so. Just out of weird, stupid luck, you'd think you'd, you'd yeah. back into a win. You know, you play eight straight or seven out of eight single-digit games to have the same team win, um, you know, because it's not like they're just overwhelming uh, Minnesota. Uh, so I like it. The, the the bye week came at the good time. They can kind of reset, get some guys healthy. I think they'll get a few guys back, hopefully. Um, I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed that, uh, yeah, that you see Darius Taylor back on the field. You know, he missed the last two games. 
I'm um, hoping to see, you know, I don't know about Cody Lindenberg. That'd be great. He's not played yet. Uh, probably their second-best defensive player. Yeah. Chris Altman-Bell's kind of been a mystery man, and may- maybe he can make it back on the field this weekend. We shall see. But um, I think the bye week has, um, has been a good thing. And, and Iowa's coming off of a highly emotional, very physical road win at Wisconsin. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, they don't have a lot of dips. Iowa's pretty even-keeled, so mentally they'll probably be okay. But I just wonder, physically, they lost their tight end. Uh, so they're going to be playing their third and four-string tight end, which, you know, how Iowa does it, that probably doesn't matter. That dude will, you know, have some catches. But um, physically, we'll see how they how they can hold up coming off of that physical game last week. Yeah. So uh, uh, cuts that you provided us uh, this morning through MNN with Ethan Kaliak Manis. Did you have a chance to interview him then, or or uh, uh, how often do you get a chance to interact with the Gopher yeah, QB? He, yeah, he does a weekly the news briefing, so it's not just me and him. It's okay. it's, it's it's basically the general reporters every Wednesday. So um, we were at that yesterday. Um, and, and, you know, he, I think he is ready to, he talked specifically about, um, I actually, I asked the question, I said, you know, last year you won in at Madison, right? In a rivalry game. So now you're on the road at Kinnick. I mean, what, you know, what can you take from that? And he said, you just, it's just, it's pretty simple. You just got to be poised. You just got to execute. You got to make plays. And it sounds like coach or player speak, but there's so much truth in that. Um, and and they did that last year. They made some key plays at Wisconsin in that matchup. And um, and you know I don't think this Iowa team is is just you know they're not the you know I don't know they're not the 1985 Chicago Bears. Right. I mean you know you can't be that intimidated by them. I mean they um, you know people even talked about the I've seen this week people talk Gopher fans especially talk about the loss last year losing to mighty Iowa. And I'm like, they were eight and five. I mean, yeah. let's, let's not make, you know, I mean, they lost five games. It's not yeah. like this is going to be impossible. So um, I think there's some some mental things that, that not just the team, but the fan base, the coaching staff, everyone's got to get over this idea that Iowa, you got to play perfect against them. You, you, you don't. Yeah. They're, they're a fine team, but mercy, let, you know, just go out and play your game. Play, play your game. And I think that's what Cal Eggman has talked about. Just, you know, go out and focus and play your game. He also talked about working on throwing mechanics in the bye week, uh, which I was glad to hear. But, you know, you watch Kaliak Manis, you can see he's a, a little, uh, has his own style uh, throwing the football. And so far, that's led to a little inconsistency with his accuracy. He's less than 56% uh, completions on the season. I don't know if you factored in uh, some drop passes. You know, that percentage would, of course, go up. But, uh, but you know, he's, he's working. He's trying to get better. Yeah, and footwork, it sounds like, is what he was talking about in terms of, um, you know, trying to stay in the pocket. And, and I think it's a fine line with him, too, because he is, he's, he's, I, I, honestly, I'm not sure they've utilized his athleticism as much as I thought they would. I thought he would be, I, I thought he'd be more, I'm not saying he's a running quarterback, you know, I'm not saying give him 15 carries a game, yeah. but I, I thought, I thought he'd get five or six meaningful carries at the right time, and they have not done that. And they've also, they just haven't used him in a, you know, move the pocket situation like last week or two weeks ago, I guess it was a bye last week. You know, Michigan, they, uh, the coaching staff talked a lot about, you know, the, there's just no time. There was no, pre- you know, the pressure, the pocket collapsed. And Kelly Manis is a really good thrower on the run. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, why, why not move the pocket a little bit? Let yeah. him roll out and make some plays. I mean, that Michigan defense is so good. Um, so it, it's really hard to know, you know, if even that would have worked. But I am surprised they haven't used him 
uh, utilized his athleticism. He was a high hurdle champion at, at um, in his high school, so he can run and jump. Um, and and so we'll we'll see. I, I, um, so so in terms of his footwork, I wonder if there's just you know if they're just you know trying to keep him in the pocket, trying to keep his feet set, and in 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 some way, shape, or form, is it. You know, are they getting the, you know, is it short circuiting some of the other parts of it, you know, the, the, the muscle memory stuff? And, and, um, I know they're, they're working hard at that. So hopefully that will all, uh, they'll eventually get that all synced up and on the right page. You know, uh, I, I'm not a wagering man, and I know you, obviously, you can't be. You wouldn't uh, probably anyway. But th- I, I do follow the numbers just out of curiosity. What is Vegas? I yeah. think they've got the over under on this game at 32 and a half. I'm not sure I've seen an over-under, a total point scored is what that is, over-under for those that aren't, uh, don't know what that means. I'm not sure I've seen one that low for a, a Big Ten game or any major college game. So I've got some good trivia for you, Todd. Okay. Um, I saw uh, a, a little a tweet this morning that, that that line is now 31 and a half wow. because everyone's taking the under. And, uh, and, and rightfully so, I think. I, I yep. think this will be a low-scoring game. And and so they're they're having to lower that number to try to get you know the Vegas odds. Um, I agree with you. I I I I'll, you know I don't mention it. I'll mention it on the air. I'm not shy about that. Not yeah. not so much to say, um, oh, I hope someone wins or loses, but more as you say that. So sometimes you just say, well, how could you lose? You only beat Louisiana by ten. Well, yeah, that's exactly what the odds makers said. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they said it was an eleven point game. They won by eleven. Like what? You know, it doesn't mean you can't hammer somebody by 40, you know, when you're only a 10-point favorite or whatever. Michigan beat Minnesota by 42 when they were a 20-point favorite. So I'm not saying it's illegal, but it also adds context to the – to, to the expectations and the and the and the conversation, so yeah. I agree that that that's where what we use those for. Um, so thirty-one and a half is the lowest um, in in I guess since they really started using lines. I don't know how long really? that is, or maybe maybe since they you know have have been going kind of computerized with it. So yeah. um, a long know, time long anyway, under, a while. It's yeah. the lowest ever, um, and it, it, it thirty-one and a half is the lowest ever tied. With the Iowa Minnesota game last year, really, I forgot thirty-one. That. And, yeah, which was thirty-one and a half, and it went under. That game was thirteen to ten. It went under. It didn't go under by one or two. It went under by eight and a half. <laughs> uh, you know, last year. Uh, so those are now tied for the two lowest over unders ever. But what would then be the third lowest over under was Iowa and Kentucky in the bowl game just this past December. Huh. And that was 32, and that game they scored 21. Iowa won that game 21 nothing, and so they were 11 under on a, on the on the second lowest over under ever. They were 11 under the under. Wow! And last week Iowa Wisconsin was 34 and a half, and that game scored 24 total, 25 24 total. So they were nine and a half under there. So. Um, Iowa does not have an offense that that is um, scoring a lot of points. Their defense actually scores um, helps with the over under some, and, uh, and and so yeah, I think we're going to be in for another low scoring game, which is partially why I like the way the game sets up. Iowa just isn't going to blow out anybody. I don't think. I don't yeah. think they have the firepower to do that. You know, and yeah. so there, there's a chance if you if you as Minnesota can make a couple of plays and pop a big one. You got a great chance to win on the road, I think, on Saturday. Yeah, you know, is it uh, just the defenses are that good, or both teams are struggling offensively? Um, you know, why has there been so many low-scoring games with these teams? 
Yeah, I think I think you said it. They 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 have a good defense. Iowa has had one of the best defenses now for four or five years running. I mean, they've always been good from Norm Parker to Phil Parker. Uh, even back in the Hayden Fridays, they had good defenses, but they've really taken it up a notch. They they just seem to always be in the right place at the right time. Um, some of that, I believe, in my opinion only, and as you know, I've, I've followed that program closely. Yep. Um, some of that uh, is my my theory. Part of my working theory, just my amateur theory on what part of – I mean, Iowa's good. They're well-coached. They're disciplined. They're in the right spot. But I also think because they do score some defensive touchdowns and they do some things, that opposing teams sometimes get into this mode like, oh, you can't make a mistake. Yeah. And consequently, they simplify their game plan to not make mistakes. Wisconsin did it last week. They threw, I don't know, 40-some passes, but they were all these little dink and dunks. And that, to me, you're playing right into Iowa's hands. That, that's exactly what they want to do is only guard eight or ten yards of the field because yeah. then they're, they're always in the right spot. The only way you're going to get Iowa out of the right spot is to stretch the field on them, make them guard space. And teams just, just for whatever reason, refuse to do that because they don't want to mess up. My theory is if you're going to mess up, mess up 50 yards downfield, throw a bomb. Yeah. And if it's intercepted, they're beautiful. But if you're throwing a bunch of six- and eight-yard passes and they get picked off because they're not having to guard a bunch of space, um, one, they're easier to return for a touchdown, and two, uh, you know, it's easier. They're just gonna. They always say they swarm the ball. Well, part of why they swarm the ball is because there's always guys around. When you know, you throw a pass four yards, there's always going to be a defender there. Yeah, so, no, no doubt. Yeah, you know, so I think it plays into it a little bit. Um, the reputation helps, and then it plays into their strength. And they do. They just are well coached. They're always in the right spot. They're great tacklers. They don't miss tackles. They just don't. And so. Um, Consequently, you got to, you know, Wisconsin hit a 42 yard pass on like their third pass of the game and then uh, only threw one pass the rest of the game and they threw 40 some uh, more than 20 yards downfield. I, I don't understand. And so, Iowa, if you're Iowa, you're loving that, right? Yeah. You're just absolutely loving it. Because to me, even if you throw five passes 40 yards downfield and they all go incomplete and one gets intercepted, you've still accomplished a goal of, of forcing them to guard space yeah Um, because if if you're just going to simplify it and and check it down and and throw a bunch of short passes because we want we want high percentage plays and you don't want to make a mistake you're just you're just playing right into their hands so we'll see what the gopher you know offensive game plan is this weekend did you say Darius Teller is or isn't going to play we uh, don't know Uh, he's missed the last two I'm hoping uh the bye week I'm hoping the bye week gets him healthy enough yeah. um, to, to play because he certainly is a difference maker. Uh, and, and Zach Evans, uh, you know, he has come on now in the last two games, Louisiana and Michigan, and that gives Minnesota a pretty good one-two punch, I think. If, if they're both healthy, that helps. And Minnesota has done, you know, they, they run, you know, Mo Ibrahim had 263 yards against these guys last yeah. year, and yeah. somehow we only scored, we being the Gophers, only scored 10 points out of all that. Yeah. And so the Gophers have had some success moving the football against Iowa, um, and, and frankly, to me, Saturday, the keys is going to be, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm like going out on a big limb here to score points, right? <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is when you have the chance to score, you get in the red zone, um, you, you can't settle for field goals. I, I mean, I, that doesn't mean I think they got to go for it. I think if there are field goals to be had, kick them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Wisconsin, uh, they went forward on a fourth and one when they had a chip shot field goal and didn't get it. And I think that set the tone for the rest of the game. So I, I'm, I'm fine taking points. But I'm saying you shouldn't have to settle. Score touchdowns against them, and 
and you're going to win that game. I mean, honestly, two touchdowns might win the game for you. Yeah, so that's right. go in and score. Yeah, that's right. Grimmer, thanks so much. Uh, have a great you call know. on Saturday. We'll be tuned in. All right, we'll look forward to it. Thank you. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.